Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. We're just going to go ahead and get into um, the next piece, our uh, part three of Before the Door. And um, if this is your first time with us, um, I know it can be disconcerting um, that the pastor has snacks in the pulpit. You're like, how long is this guy going to preach? And so he's got to take snacks up there, but it'll make sense in a minute. And, um, but anyways, we've just been in a series of, um, that we've been tracking along with our, our Wednesday night small group that meets right here with Pastor Stephen Lord meets right here. If you're not already connected in a small group, show up here at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays to dig deeper into what this is about. I highly encourage you to do it. Happens while the um, youth is, is taking place across the, across the hallway, across the foyer. Um, but we've just been looking at what it means to have our lives begin to be shifted by what we do before we exit our home, before we exit the door. And if you've got your version app open, if you've got your, your bulletin right there in front of you, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into this. That, that life on the other side of the door is impacted by what you do before you walk through it, before you get through it. And this piece of, of scripture helps us to kind of understand some of the impact. We've looked at Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10. It says, did not despise the day of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. That, that plumb line is just at the very beginnings of the construction phase. And Zerubbabel was, was one of the, the, the leaders in the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the exile of the people of Israel. And um, Zerubbabel was also in the lineage of Jesus. And so one of the forefathers of, the, of Jesus' earthly, earthly physical form. And so as we look at this, that we see that it's so easy. God's recognizing it's easy for us to despise the day of small beginnings. But God has a different perspective on it. God rejoices to see the work uh, begin. And so um, um, because the, a little bit of change over a period of time can, can make a big difference. Um, and so uh, when Weston, our 19-year-old... Um, this was a fifth grade. It was fifth grade. We, uh, we had to buy him a belt in the fifth grade. Um, Weston, you would just come stand up here, buddy. Uh, Weston was not this big in the fifth grade. Um, Weston was honestly always a little bit of a little guy. So he's not a little guy anymore, but you, your growth spurts came late. You were always one of the shorter, smaller ones in your class. And so just, he was always, always that. And then, and then sprouted and grew later and so but we bought him a belt for his school uniform in the fifth grade and so and then he it was obviously it was a fairly good quality leather belt because he wore this belt and it and uh, it it fit him in the fifth grade and then the belt fit him in the sixth grade and then the belt fit him in the seventh grade and then the belt fit him in the eighth grade and the ninth grade and the 10th grade, and as a junior, he finally brought it to my attention. Um, Dad, I've been wearing the same belt <laughs> since the fifth grade. And I'm like, how on earth have you been wearing the same belt? It's not one of those braided belts with a kajillion holes back in the 80s. Remember, it just kind of hang down. 
you know, hung down your leg. You remember you had like seven of those belts. I did. And it, it didn't matter. You could like, you know, that was your belt for the rest of your life. You get a 67-inch waist, it was going to fit. It was going to work. And so, but it wasn't one of those. It was one of these that it was, it had the regular holes. And, and Weston only ever used the last two holes on his belt. He didn't work his way down the thing. These are pristine. These holes have never seen action. They've never seen the call. They've never seen the call of duty. And they've never seen anything. They've never been touched. It's these over here that have been wore out. Now, here's what's funny. It's like, but how on earth did this happen? Well, I don't know if we can... Do it, but uh, there is a. You see the original width of this belt, and then you see um, what this belt became. <laughs> and every day this belt got a little longer, and a little longer, and a little longer, and a little longer. Is this original width of this belt, and we see that this belt, this is a skinny belt back over here. But this happened, and so, Weston, can you still wear this belt? Well, so, oh my. We, it ain't that kind of church, people. Where are you going around here? Uh, not that easy. And at 19 years old, and a solid. 200 masculine pounds. Thank you for that. <laughs> I just he can that. still wear the dang belt. Thank you, Weston. I love you, bro. He, he's my son, but he's now my bro. But anyways, it was these little bit. It was a little bit every day. It was a little bit every day. These little changes over a period of time made a difference. It made a difference. And so many times we think that it's the little stuff that that, that doesn't matter. And we can let go of that stuff. And if we'll just get the big stuff right, then you know what? That's that's what we're doing. We've got something big and I'll take care of that. And I don't really worry about the little stuff. But your real life, your real life is built on the little stuff you do every day. Your real life is built on that. It's not built on the Instagram awesome moments. It's built on the little stuff every day. It's not built on the stuff you like you post and this is epic and this is once in a lifetime moments. Those are memories are built of those things. Our life is built on the little stuff that happens each and every day and that's why this is so incredibly vital. That we can't despise the day of small beginnings because God's excited when the, when the little stuff gets started. Because he knows over a period of time it's going to make a difference. So as we look at this, we understand. We've been told this since we were kids that breakfast is important. you got to eat your breakfast. you got to have something in your tank first. But we must be conscious about feeding on true spiritual food. True spiritual food. I know it's so easy because we deal with this with this physical, amazing machine that God has given us to work in, that it, it heals and, it, and, it, and it's, it's, it's amazing. But this isn't who we are. We are a spirit. We possess a soul and we live inside of a body. Who you really are, the eternal part of you, is spiritual. 
And if you don't focus on making sure your spirit man is strong, you're missing out on the most important element of who you are. Of who you are. We've got to be conscious about taking care of and feeding our spirit man. Matthew 4.4, Jesus says this. Jesus is tempted by the enemy. Jesus has been fasting. He's been fasting a long time, 40 days, not just a week like us. And Jesus was fasting all his food, not just social media or some of those things. And they're all important. But Jesus was hungry. 40 days into this, Jesus is hungry. And the enemy comes to him. The accuser comes to him and tells him to take some stones and turn them into bread. Okay? Take some stones and turn them into bread. Now, Jesus is is God in the flesh. Jesus could do it. And then Jesus is going to respond. And Jesus... I mean, as he is speaking, the Sermon on the Mount is becoming scripture as he speaks it. Fresh words. But when he is in encounter with the enemy, he doesn't give us something fresh and something new. Jesus gives us a principle that you and I can utilize. See, we don't get to write scripture. We don't get to do that off the cuff. Jesus can do that. He's the son of God. So Jesus equipped you and I with what we can do. And Jesus says, he responds, Jesus answers, it is written. Jesus answered, it's written. He could have said anything. He could have have pushed back the enemy with anything. Jesus could have said anything, but instead he showed you and I what to do, that you and I respond with the word. We respond with it, and and then he shows us the depth of God's word, that it is the source of our life. Not only is it showing us to be able to use it, he shows us to where the real source of life is. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. There in that moment, he says, my real nourishment isn't on the bread that my physical form so desperately wants right now. My real nourishment is what God says. That's where it comes from. Now, folks, before we move forward anymore, we, we don't try around here to give you a list of things to do everything because you and I, humans, are really good at taking something as amazing as a real relationship with God and turning it into a religious practice. And that is not what God wants, okay? He doesn't. But there are some things, there are some things that if that be in relation focused, that we will do them daily. So I am relationship focused with my wife. So we went to a marriage retreat and a marriage conference, and we, we had a, a good time and connected on there. I make sure that I have conversation with her daily, not because there is a there is a obligation as a husband to do it but because I care about her and I want to know how things are going I don't sit there and and go up and talk to her and go okay oh wow you know five minutes that was good hope you're happy I I clocked in we had a little conversation and move on no it's it's relational and so as we talk about these before the door things I want us to to get excited about the relational aspect of this but we ought to be be feeding and getting nourishment and finding out what God has to say in his word every day. Every day, you and I ought to be getting a hold of that 
and leaning into it, not so that we can check it off our to-do list, but because we're leaning into a relationship with God, because it is our nourishment. At the beginning of this series, I talked about my, my journey towards, towards running a marathon and, and that my, my very first day, I, w- I wasn't planning on running a marathon at any point in my life. I just decided I, I needed to like be active. And so and I went to go out to run. I ran half a mile. I was dead tired. It was, it was terrible. My, my side hurt. I thought I was going to vomit. It was just, I wanted Cutie to come get me. It was terrible. And, um, and so, but then I went out and I did it again. I didn't start strong. And eventually I got to the place that I was like, you know what, I, I would like to I would like to complete a marathon, and so and I, I began to train for that, and I felt like I had a reasonable goal. Um, I wanted to average 10-minute miles, and so I was, that is not some sort of dead-out sprint. That is just a nice little jog pace was 10-minute miles. That was my goal. My goal to be able to, uh, to do that was going to just a little north of four hours is what it was going to take me to be able to, uh, to complete that and getting ready um, to do that, and, and so, and of course, I, I, I made sure that I was nourished and did the, the carbo-loading thing, but I had never, ever um, run a marathon. I'd never done it, and so as I got out there, uh, thankfully, um, I had the, the Nike Plus app in my phone, and that thing they used to make you stick in your shoe to help you track. You don't have to do that anymore, but you had to stick this thing in your shoe and have a special shoe, and I, and I had that. So I can still access the data from my marathon. And so if you go ahead and pull up my screenshot from my phone, this is my October 4th, 2008, um, 26.7 miles. I turned it on a little early and turned it off a little late, actually, 26.2. You see that I did not, I, I, I did not want to share with you what I actually did last time, but um, it took me almost five and a half hours uh, to complete it. I did not hit my goal, people. Um, and I, I was very angry about that. And, um, and so I went, then once I didn't hit, knew I was going to hit my first goal, I wanted to hit my goal of just for anything, just not have a five on it. It has a five. And, um, and so I, I was upset about it. And you can see the, the, the nice little picture over there. Of, it looks like a sunflower. And that's all my, it's tracking in, in, in the breakdown. And you can see the first half looks fairly consistent. Um, and the next half looks like the stock market, and so, um, or a heartbeat of someone in need, um, and so it's 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 ugly looking, and so, um, but I began to just I was tired, and I began to just run out of um, run out of fuel. If you can go to to um, the next, go actually, yeah, that's the split where you see the difference on that. Um, I, was, I was doing good at the halfway mark. I was, I was on pace. Um, and so you can, I was tracking along now. Uh, go to the next slide. And so when you could see mile 20, um, I was not, I was progressively doing worse and worse and worse. Even at the halfway mark, mile 13, I was looking um, fairly solid. I was still in the 10s. Mile 20, I had the wall. And I'm walking, I'm angry, I'm walking I'm 15 minutes and nine second mile there. And I'm, I'm very irritated. I'm just done. I am just done. And along the way, every two miles, there are these stations where they would, they would hand you water so you could drink and stay hydrated. Um, and then every once in a while, um, there would be someone there um, with some chocolate. 
with some M&Ms and some, some chocolate. And so uh, I had not taken advantage of that. And, and so you, you saw that one place where I was super slow. There happened to be a chocolate station right there. And I was done. I'm walking anyway. I might as well have a snack. And so, it was, so I'm going along, and there's a guy sitting there, a nice volunteer, and by mile 20, it's all spread out. And I'm going so slow at that point, the person in front of me is way down there. The person behind me is way back there. I'm basically on the road alone. And so, here enough, they, they, the guy comes up, and I'm coming through there, and he's got a cup like this. And so I'm coming up, and I'm like, yeah, I want some of those. And so, and he goes to pour some into my hand, and I just grabbed the cup. It was full. I just, I had my first station. I didn't know. Like, I want those M&Ms, and I just grabbed them. And so, and I realized as I, his eyes got big, I just took all his M&Ms. I don't care. And I just kept going. I took all of them. And I just began to drink M&Ms. I just... Going, I look like I was the old school chew, chewing tobacco, and got chocolate. Look like I got, got spit, need a spittoon. And um, so, but man, I'm telling you, I have never had anything hit my bloodstream like when that chocolate, when I was so deprived, when that, and my, my blood sugar was so down, and my, and my, I've never had anything, and I've got the data to prove it. Four slide. Look at mile 21. I knocked three minutes and 41 seconds of pure M&M power. <laughs> Bam! I'm like, woo! I am feeling good. And then the next mile, I was feeling okay. In mile 23, it's 15 minutes and 33 seconds. And the M&Ms were gone. <laughs> they, it was done. And it kept going. Thank you, guys. And, uh, but here was, here was the thing is that I was in a place of need. I was in a place of need, and I got something that had some nourishment in it, and it made a difference. It made a difference. And so many times, if we're not feeding on God's Word on a regular basis, then Sunday morning church can be mile 20 for you. And you show up, and you come in, and you're beat down, and it's been rough. And you show up, and man, you come to the door, and it feels like somebody goes ahead and tries to put something in your hand, and you're like, I'm taking the whole thing. And you walk out of here on a Sunday morning, and Monday, your clip is a little better. But you look up, and you look up by Tuesday and Wednesday. It's just as depleted as it had been. And you're like, does this, does this God thing, does this church thing, does it not make a difference? I just come and get a little, a little sugar high on Sunday mornings and, and move on. And here's the, here's the difference. Is we're supposed to fully feed every day. We're supposed to fully feed every day. 
And if you want to begin to see the full weight of the word of God being your, your nutrients, is man, Sunday morning is fantastic. And if you need a shot in the arm, man, we're here to cheer you on, just like that marathon station. We're here to cheer you on. We're here to put in your hands what you need. But we, for, the, for the marathon of life, you've got to fully feed every day. Every day. And we can't just grab a little here and a little there. Acts chapter 20 verse 32 says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. This is Paul speaking. Paul speaking to his disciples. He's pouring into them. And now what's he doing? He's committing them to, the, <clears throat> to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul writes in Romans, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 2 Timothy 3 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Acts chapter 2, 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. If you've got your bulletin open, I want you to just open the whole thing wide open. I want you to open the whole thing wide open, okay? All right? Now, I want you to look at it. I want you to look at what's written there in bold. That's what I wrote, okay? Those little bold things, little fill in the blanks. That's what I wrote, okay? And then I want you to look at the scripture that's there, okay? And I want you to look at the ratio of what I am trying to point out and the actual word of God there. You can, if we were to count all the words, okay, then there is way more. There's 10, 12, 15 times words of what God's scripture says than what Pastor Brandon is trying to communicate, okay? And so this moment of Sunday morning teaching is important and it's vital. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and, and to fellowship and those connections. They did that, okay? But that you and I, folks, we need to regularly feed. And so it needs to be about the same ratio. Yeah, you come and you, you hear a message, you hear somebody teach. But then the other six days in the week, you're just feeding on the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God. The ratio that we've put it in your bulletin is the ratio you ought to be taking it in to be able to fully grow. And if this is your first time here, you may think, oh, well, that's neat. He did that, he did that for this Sunday. You can go find any of our old bulletins. They look just like this. They look just like this. Why? Because our lives are built on the Word of God. They're built on the Word of God. We want to break open the Word of God. We want to ingest the Word of God. We want to talk about the Word of God because our lives are transformed by the Word of God. See, knowing God better before the door will help you daily trust Him more. Knowing Him better. Before the door. How on earth are we, whenever we, we hit the ground running and all sorts of scenarios and daily life and mess come at us, how are we supposed to respond as the children of God to well to those things if we don't know what God has already said about those things? If we don't know what he's already said, God, the Holy Spirit will give us fresh direction. He'll give us fresh guidance. But he always bases it on what's already been written. He's already basing on it. That's why you and I, we need to spend time in God's Word. 
Let's go back to the Old Testament. This is, this is before everybody, every believer had access to the Holy Spirit. And, and they trusted in God's word. Let's look at Psalms 119, verse 165. It says, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. The message translation puts that exact passage like this. It says, for those who love what you reveal, everything fits. No stumbling around in the dark for them. King James Version translates it this way. It says, great peace of those who love your law and nothing shall offend them. Nothing is going to offend you. Nothing's going to ruin your day. Nothing's going to sneak up on you and steal your joy, jack you up and mess you over, knock the emotional wind out of you if you know what God has had to say. It changes the scope of our lives. Folks, I'm not up here saying that because this is the book we rally around. I'm up here telling you as your pastor because it changes your life. It changes your life. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It should transform our lives outside of the door. We begin to put it into play. John 8.31 says, To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold on to what I say, you're, you're really my disciples. You're really learning something. A disciple is a disciplined learner. If we just listen and put it aside, we're not, we're not really being transformed. We're not really being disciplined learners. We're not really being letting God lead us and guide us and direct us if we just take it in and, and discard it. But if we hold on to it, if we hold on to his teachings, then we're transformed by it. See, knowing the truth sets us free so that we can live free. We can live free, but we have to know the truth first. John 8, 32 says, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's not just the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know that sets you free. You can, you can live in, in bondage. You can live in a, in a mess. You can live under oppression that doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. You shouldn't be there. But you're ignorant to the fact you don't know, and therefore you just kind of go along with it. We need to know the truth, and that's what transforms us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I heard it said this weekend at the conference that that other books that we is it their books we read. You read other books, but the Bible is a book that reads you. It begins to reveal you. And here's the thing that I have learned about Brandon Clark is the person that that I deceive the best is me. I will assume good intent on myself. I will, but as I begin, there are places that there are tension or places where things are, that I was like, that God will begin to reveal to me. God judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. I want to stand and pound my chest and say, God, my intentions are right. And he begins to speak and go, mm, mm, nope. 
here's this. Here's this. This was all about self-preservation. This was all about you making yourself look good. This was all about these different issues. This was all about self-promotion. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Lord, it was. I thought I was doing this out of being nice. I thought I was doing this out of being kind. I thought I was doing this out of protecting my family or taking care of this or, or to promote and help somebody. But the word begins to judge the thoughts and intents of my heart that I didn't even realize were there. And it's when that begins to be dealt with that Brandon Clark begins to really change and really be transformed. And that's when you begin to really change in you are really transformed. See, folks, our bottom line is let God's word frame your world. Let God's word frame your world. Before you walk through the door frame, make sure that God's word has framed what you're going to be living in. We so easily, we so easily can just hit the ground running, and I get it. I get it. Life's busy. And then we've got some great ideas and some great helps to help you Begin to put the God's word in you on a regular basis in a way that's life-giving. But I'm telling you, before you leave your home, connect with God in a meaningful way. It changes, it changes everything. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.